Hey there, in this episode of Monday Moments, we are continuing our series Out of Exile, part two, how to prioritize your life. So stick around and stay tuned. Welcome to Monday Moments, the show in which we take a deeper dive into Sunday sermon. My name is Travis, with me today is Pastor James, and like I said at the beginning, we're continuing our sermon series on Out of Exile, a study in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. This week was part two, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to that sermon, you can do so right here on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook page, on our podcast, wherever you might be listening or watching this. And without further ado, let's jump into it. Yeah. Um, so just to give a super quick recap, um, we're at the point in the story at which the Israelites are making the transition from Babylon, from mm-hmm. their place of exile back to Jerusalem. And, yeah. and one of the things that I thought was interesting that you shared was how few of them actually mm-hmm. returned. There was yeah. quite a number of them uh, that stayed in Babylon. I think you, yeah. I think the statistic was is 96% stayed and about 4% yeah. returned. Is that right? Yeah. And so I thought that was really interesting. And we kind of talked about... Um, well, not we, you, talked about <laughs> how uh, what it looks like to really prioritize God's promises mm-hmm. and how God's promises remain true uh, regardless of our circumstances, whether we find our, ourselves in um, a difficult season uh, because of our own choosing, our own actions, our own consequences, or through no fault of our own. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. God's promises stay true and God's yeah. plans and purposes. One of the things that... Um, as just I've kind of been doing my own uh, learning about this that I thought was really captivating, that's really intrigued me, is something that the Lord said all the way back in Jeremiah. I think mm-hmm. it was chapter 29. When the when Jeremiah prophesied about the Israelites going into captivity, mm-hmm. he said, you know, the, or I guess the Lord said through Jeremiah, pray for the prosperity of Babylon. Settle, settle there, plant gardens. Mm-hmm. Mary, have kids, families, businesses, uh, because if it goes well for Babylon, it will go well for you. Yeah. And I think that was interesting because when you look at people choosing not to return, and we read it with our kind of black and white removed perspective, I think it's easy for us to say like, oh, well, what's wrong with them? Why didn't mm-hmm. they do that? And yet they had roots established in Babylon. And like you pointed out, Babylon was this beautiful place that were well provided for. And so, you know, I'm inferring here, it doesn't say this explicitly in the Bible, but, you know, I think it's hard to want to uproot things. Somewhere along the lines, it seems like that obedience became complacency. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, obviously we don't know that for sure, but there seemed to be this shift uh, at some point along the way. So I think my, my question is, you know, you mentioned that the four percent who returned had their priorities in the right place, and the ninety-six who remained did not. Can you go into that a little bit more? Um, what that looked like? Because again, I, you know, when I was young, I I would look at the parable of the sower and look at you know when the Bible says some of the seed fell among the weeds and thorns, mm-hmm. and the life was choked out of them, and that represents the cares and worries of this life. And I used to think, well, how can anybody be choked out by the cares and worries? And how can anyone not be so passionate about Jesus Mm -hmm. that they just choose that over everything? And then when I got older and had a wife and kids and all of a sudden it's like, well, no, I've I've got these priorities. Like I've got these things that I need to take care of. And I think it's easy to see why Paul in a sense was encouraging, like, hey, if you're single, 
it's not it's not a bad idea to remain that way because yeah. when you get married, your interests are divided. Yeah. You know, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. So maybe can you go in a little bit about why the 4% had their priorities right and the 96 did not? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, obviously the, 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 enemy, the enemy of God's best is good enough. Yeah. You know, it's we, we kind of get to this place where we, we look at our life and we say, you know, it's, it's really not that bad of a life. Mm-hmm. And so we, we can kind of justify where we're at a little bit because, um, I, I mean, let's be honest, like it was, it was hard. They were, they were having to leave, um, for most of them, what was probably a pretty good life. Yeah. And, and what they were being called back to was a place of total destruction. Yeah. Like there was a lot of work that was ahead of them yeah. in order to do that. And so it, 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 it becomes really like, what do we value the most? Do we value what God is going to do or do we value what we already have? Yeah. And, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with like valuing what we have. I think it's important that we look at what God's provided for us and we, we be content with those things. But, but when the Lord begins to move us to another place, like to be able to look at it and say, you know what, God, you've, you've given me this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you haven't led me astray so far. Um, so what more might you be providing in these things? And so, um, I, I mean, it was, it was a challenge, yeah. obviously. I mean, it was, it was a very difficult thing. Um, a lot of the people that were living in Babylon, I mean, they were, they were two, maybe three generations removed. They, they had, you know, they, they might be the grandchildren of the people who had, seen Jerusalem before she was destroyed. Yeah. So so they're already two generations removed from any of this. So their entire world view was Babylon. Yeah. They didn't have anything to reference on and and I think that for some of us that that becomes a real challenge. Like yeah. this is all I've ever known. But what if I told you there was something more? But that more was going to come at a cost. Right. Like it was going to be a challenge. Yeah. And so I think that when when we get to that place, and I think that that's where the Lord wants us to be with His with His Word. I think that a lot that that's the struggle that a lot of people have with God's Word. That's a lot of the struggle that people have with God promises. Well, I haven't, I've done all of this on my own to this point, mm. and this is a pretty good life. Yeah, yeah. But what if there's more? Yeah, and and that that more is going to require you to maybe to lay down some of your preferences and to lay down some of your comforts in order to gain that more. Yeah. But there is there is something more yeah. that's available. Yeah, I love that distinction between, you know, there's, and you've, you've shared this with me even when I was in high school and college, you know, and when we go through life, it becomes, you know, especially as a Christian, it becomes less and less about uh, right and wrong and yeah. just those, those are the two options yeah. and that's yeah. it. It becomes more about you have good, you have better, and you have best. Yeah. And are we... Are we, first of all, desiring to see God's best in our life yeah. and pursue what God has and what God says is best? And number two, are we willing to um, pay the cost? Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, you know, um, if uh, fitness were easy, everybody would be walking around <laughs> with six packs. You know, <laughs> it's like, okay, if that's what you want, that's great, but you got to understand what you're it's talking take about. To abs, there. right? I think so. Okay. I, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Maybe I should make that distinction. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I I think it's, it's recognizing that pursuing God's best does come with a cost, but it's always worth it. And you mentioned that in your sermon is that it is always worth it. Um, and so I think that actually kind of leads into my next question. I think that for any believer listening to this, Mm -hmm. we would agree without a doubt 
that God's way is always best and it's yeah. always worth it. It's, you know, it was worth it for the Israelites to make that thousand mile or however long yeah. journey it was with their kids and their belongings and their mm-hmm. lives to a destroyed Jerusalem to rebuild it. It was, my point is we know that God's way is worth it. Yeah. My question is, why is it always worth it? I don't think anyone disagrees with that it's worth it. I think, and, and I've become kind of obsessed with this question of why lately. Yeah. Why do I think this way? Why do I believe this? Why do I do this or do that or like this or not like that? And just kind of really digging beneath the surface. And so that was just kind of one of my questions is you and I would agree wholeheartedly. God's yeah. way is worth it no matter what. But yeah. why? Why is why would you say it's worth it? Yeah, I, you know, because God... God knows everything, yeah, and and He knows He knows where He's leading us, and I think that that's the real struggle, is that um, you know these these Jews they didn't know really what they were going back to. They had they had an image in their mind, mm-hmm. um, but they they were they were really taking a step of faith. It was the same same step of faith really that Abraham took when the Lord said, uh, "Go to a land in which I will show you." Like yeah. Abraham didn't know what was ahead, yeah. But he was willing to trust. And, and I think that that's oftentimes the difficult thing. When we talk about God's way is always worth it, we're basing that in some form of experience in our life. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes we, we say that, but we don't really believe it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, God's way is always worth it until God's way is asking us to do something really hard. And yeah. then we're like, I don't know if it's worth yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, the well, wait a second. No, we just said God's way is always worth it. Yeah. But then when it, it comes to requiring some form of sacrifice, all of a sudden we have to ask ourselves, do we really believe that God's way is always worth it? Yeah. And I think that that's the distinction between the 96 and the 4%, you know? And, and Israel, we'll, we'll talk about it, but Israel, Israel came in three separate waves to this. Hmm. And, and they didn't ever all fully migrate from Babylon. Hmm. There were still a lot of people that, did, that never yeah. did. Yeah. And... and there's a there's a part of that that it's it's part experience it's part um, it's part counsel like listening to some of the people obviously some of the people that came back had seen what was there before and so they came with a they came with the concrete knowledge of what takes place at the temple there were others that came that didn't have that yeah. but they were relying a lot on the counsel of others and and you know we started this year talking about God's will that yeah. series on like knowing God's will and and part of it was like if we look at Daniel like Daniel knew to begin to pray for the end of exile because he read God's word where Jeremiah said that the exile would last about 70 years. Yeah, yeah. And so he began to do that, and he began to, to offer that before the Lord. And so he went to the word. He went to prayer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then there's also like the counsel of those around you who's like, this is worth it, yeah. and, and to encourage us to get to that place. And so I think that that's oftentimes the, the – like, that's that's the make or break point. Yeah. It's like, do I really believe God that this is going to be worth? It? Yeah, I think we do have to make that choice, and you know, you and I have both made that choice in different yeah. times in our lives, and I think we've we've seen a number of those um, critical junction in other people's lives where that we yeah, have to and, make that decision. Yeah. yeah, and and yet, like, full transparency. Like when I'm up against those sacrificial moments of pursuing God's will, it's still requires sacrifice yeah yeah like it's still like sacrifice is not easy i was having a conversation with 
uh, a young couple the other day and and the place that they were at I said you know you, you've got you've got two different roads that you can follow right now and both of them require sacrifice yeah like you're not going to get out of this situation without sacrifice and and that's that's really I think that the the place that we have to we have to be honest with ourselves that says following God is going to require faith following God is going to require sacrifice but it's worth it yeah instead of this idea that says oh you know following God's great it's yeah. it's, it's it's always going to lead to these things and it's always going to be joyful and it's always going to be easy yeah. and it's always going to feel like the right decision until it doesn't right like, yeah. and then it's and then it's just hard yeah and, and I don't think it matters how long you follow God. There always comes to those places where we have to be willing to say, yeah, this is going to be hard, but mm-hmm. it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Well, and I remember being in high school, and, and one of the things that you said to me a long time ago was, you know, it's a picture of Abraham and Isaac. Mm-hmm. We come to these these junctions in our lives where God asks us to make a sacrifice, like yeah. Abraham and Isaac. And, you know, um, correct me if I'm misquoting this, but... You said God's either going to redeem it, in other mm. words, he's going to give it back to you when yeah. you lay that thing on the altor, or he's going to replace it, and he's yeah. going to consume it, yeah. but he's going to replace it with something better. Yeah. And and I think we have to always trust that whatever God decides to do in that moment of, of choosing to sacrifice, that he is good, Yeah. Um, even if it doesn't seem like it in the immediate short term. Yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit, I guess, kind of wrapping up. Mm-hmm. If someone is listening to this and saying, okay, I want to make the decision for my life going forward, starting now, I want to prioritize God's promises. What does that look like, and how can we begin to prioritize God's promises in our life? Yeah, I mean, I think that first of all, we've got to know God's promises. Yeah. Like, what does God's Word say about these yeah. things? And I, I think that that's, um, that's oftentimes a step that a lot of people miss. We we. We paraphrase God's promises. Um, we misquote God's promises. We we take God's promises out of context. We we trust that other people are communicating God's promises to us in a in a clear way. Yeah. And and yet the reality is is that oftentimes um, maybe God's promises maybe Instagram isn't the best way to get yeah. God's promises. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. No offense, to all my yes. Instagram people, but uh, you know maybe maybe a tweet about God's yeah. promise isn't it's not the, sufficient like, enough. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe we need the source. Yes. And so I think that, that, that like step numero uno. Yeah. Like go to God's word. Yeah. Read God's promises. There's. There's a book, I can't remember exactly who wrote it right now, but it's a book that I have that it's all the promises of God. And it yeah. it, it just it goes through and it lists out all of the promises that we find in God's word. And then and then recognizing that like sometimes the way that God brings about his promises is very different than the way that yeah. that I anticipated it. And yeah. being willing to walk through that process in order to obtain that promise and and again just like timeline like god's timeline is not my own yeah and and there's things that i want now and i want i want to see that breakthrough and 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 it it sometimes it leaves me wondering um as i'm sure these israelites did at times like god are you done um and yet there was a promise that was given at the beginning of it there was a promise that was given years before this uh that said like this is what's going to happen and I'm not going to allow the line of David to be broken. I'm not going to allow the priest line to be broken. And and just to see God's faithfulness, I think that's one of the challenges at times, but it should also be uh, the faith-building things is that 
we have the benefit of God's word. Right. Um, they didn't always have yeah. what we have available to us, and and we can actually go back and see where God promised it and God fulfilled it. But it seems it, it seems disconnected from sure. our life unless we allow God's word to really become our life. Yeah. Um, and that's where that's where I think that we can yeah. really be encouraged and begin to pursue God's promises. Yeah, and I think just like you said, that first step is often the most simple, and I think mm. sometimes the most overlooked is going to the Bible, to God's Word, yeah. and reading it for ourselves. Imagine that. I yeah. Imagine I that we God sit would, there and would... expect like a divine <laughs> download, you know, <laughs> of God's promises just yeah. into our minds and our hearts. But God says, "No, I've got my promises right here," and, yeah. and I think to know that. Um, for ourselves. And I can remember times when, um, you know, going through just different, you know, dark places at Mm -hmm. times and having, I would, every time I would read, I would write down something that encouraged me on a, on a three by five card and I'd put it in my pocket. Every time my hand went to my pocket, I'd I'd pull that card out and read it. And that was just my way of getting God's word into my heart Mm -hmm. when I was going through a difficult situation or difficult season. Um, and so I think that that first step is often, the, the best way to get started. And I think, yeah. you know, if we ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate God's word, then like you said, we don't we don't read over things, gloss over it and just miss it. Like the Holy Spirit illuminates the scriptures. Even, you know, like you pointed out on Sunday, the all of the names that seem yeah. so uh, unimportant, and yet there yeah. is significance there if we yeah. take the time to listen and and then to the next step, like you said, be open to what it is that God wants to do because it'll probably be in a way that we didn't expect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. That's really good. We could always spend a lot more time diving into this. It's so hard to not get too long-winded. So thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to dive into this. And thank you so much for uh, watching or listening to another episode of Monday Moments. We hope that you've gotten something out of this. If you have, please share that in the comments below. We always love to hear from you. And if this is your first time with us, please consider hitting the subscribe button and the little bell icon next to it to be notified every time fresh content is posted. Thank you so much again for watching another episode of Monday Moments, and we will see you next week.